Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Nicorette Quick Mist for fast craving relief. Use only as directed. Tonight it's Rabs and Tony with you as police launch a strike force to investigate those match-fixing allegations. We'll hear from the controversial Eddie Haston. Is the shoulder charge back after Jack Whiten was sensationally cleared to play in the finals? And Timmy Cale does it again as the Socceroos continue their World Cup drive. Welcome to the Rush Hour. Yes, plenty of controversy to get to in the hour we have to share with you this evening. Uh, But Ray Warren, given that we are almost on the eve of finals, I'd rather start with you just very briefly. What is it is getting your hands, rubbing your hands together, the lip-smacking delight? (laughs) What are you looking forward to this weekend? (laughs) Oh, my God. You've painted me into a corner yeah, there yeah. that I don't belong, really. Mm-hmm. Not really. I, I, but anyway, uh, I think, Tony, on a positive, uh, yeah. upon a, a positive stage that I'd like to be on, mm. and, and that is that you've got four matches this weekend and it'll be damn hard to pick the four winners. In other words, I don't know who's going to win between Brisbane and the Titans, nor Canterbury-Penrith, North Queensland versus Melbourne and uh, Cronulla versus Canberra. I just think it's a... Uh, it's a magnificent quarterfinal weekend, and I'm looking forward to each and every match because I've got no idea who's going to win. Yeah, it is brilliant. Played all over the country as well, which is so terrific for the game. Obviously, four Queensland teams in there, if you count Melbourne, uh, which, which I do. I think they're definitely a Queensland side. But we are going to talk some of the controversies with you next. We'll speak with Reedy. So, so can I just can I just can I just butt butt in for a second? So. Anything that Canberra did, basically, back in the late 80s and the early 90s and so forth. That's in Queensland. That was a Queensland victory. It's a rush hour. This rush hour podcast brought to you by Nicorette Quick Mist for fast craving relief. Use only as directed. It's a rush hour triple M doing it for Nicorette Quick Mist. Ray Warren and Tony Squires with you on this beautiful Wednesday evening. Now, we heard about those match-fixing allegations in the NRL with little detail some months ago now, but uh, it's pushed forward with the news. Police have launched a strike force to investigate. We're joined now by Brent Reed from The Australian. G'day, Reedy. Hello, boys. What, what does that mean? Is it a step further along or are we just walking up and down the same spot? Yeah, well, I think what's interesting, Tony, is the Crime Commission is now involved and, and obviously they've got pretty uh, wide powers. They can make players talk to them. You, you know, if, you don't, if the Crime Commission asks you a question, you don't answer that question, you face criminal charges. So I think what's happened, you can take, there's two schools of thought, Tony. One is that they don't have anything and they've got the Crime Commission involved to try and basically evoke some, some evidence out of someone. The other school of thought is they've actually got some evidence and they want to push forward with it and take it to the next level. So obviously well, I'm not sure where we are in comparison to where we were a few months ago, but the Crime Commission getting, getting involved, that escalates things because basically they can compel anyone they want to come and talk to them and you can't say no. Well, let me ask you this question then, uh, Reedy, because I'm, I'm trying to catch up. The Crime Commission, I thought we started off talking about the police forces launched a strike force. Well, they have... But Who is the Crime Commission? Is that the police force? That is, that is Raz, but they're working in conjunction with the Crime Commission. So, but as I said, the Crime Commission's got powers beyond what the regular police force does. So okay. they can actually, if you, you know, as I said, they can compel people to talk to them, they can compel documents, and you have, to, you have to do it. You have to hand over the documents, you've got to talk to them, otherwise the, you, know, you can face jail time yourself. No, that's okay. I, I, I cop mm. that sweet, but mm. how do we know they're telling the truth? Well, <laughs> well, I suppose the uh, the fear is that if they're not telling the truth, they get caught. They can face some pretty serious punishment. 
It's it's a beauty, yeah. isn't it? Timing wise, here we are, just a couple of days yeah. before the uh, the final start, and uh, back we go into this kind of material. Is there any kind of window, Reedy, in terms of time? How long they they're going to take? Well, the, the the statement today said months, so it doesn't seem as though it's going to go away anytime sooner. I suppose the upside for the NRL was it took the focus off the shoulder charge, but probably not the way they wanted to do it. Time wasn't on the eve of the finals. Um, yeah. And, yeah, as I said, the indications are from them, the police, that is, that we're talking months, not weeks. Absolutely. And and, and Tony's right. The, the timing of it, and I understand there'll be people say, well, hang on, it doesn't matter when it is. You've got to get your... You've got to roll your sleeves up and dig the shovel in. It doesn't matter what time of the year it is, mm. but we're just coming off the back of Andrew Fafida, and now we've got the strike force launching its powers into match-fixing. It's... It's really good stuff. It's a great diet leading up to the fabulous month of September. Yeah, I know. It's quite sad, isn't it? Because obviously we've got the final starting on Friday night and, and suddenly this is going to be this is going to hijack everything basically for the next couple of days. It's such a big issue. And, and, you know, I feel for the NRL in some respects because I think we're all looking forward to a really good final series. And this thing, this match fixing, it's been off the agenda for so long. I guess people sort of almost forgot about it but it's well and truly back on the agenda now and, and the timing's just terrible for the game yeah uh, you're right indeed alright Reedy thank you so much for that one of the names that of course has been mentioned uh, along the lines just uh, in passing and he's, uh, he's come out today and had a bit of chat from various bases is uh, Eddie Hayson who of course is a uh, friend to many NRL players and has been involved in many uh, media controversies he did chat with Danny Widler from Channel 9 here is something from that interview for you Eddie have you been involved in fixing matches? Never. Are you surprised that the, there's been a strike force formed to investigate match fixing? Um, I am a little, but um, I, I hope they go and get 300 of the best detectives they have and take as long as they need to do and go through everything from A to Z and finally clear all the innocent people that have been dragged through this mess. So you see this as a positive for you? Absolutely. Okay, so you feel like you've got nothing to hide? Absolutely nothing. I, I would like anybody to go and dig up one game where I've had a decent bet and show me where any player that I know well has played poorly. Eddie, for them to set up a, a strike force, there must be some kind of evidence to be doing that. Nothing. Nothing involving me. Not a single thing. Let me make it loud and clear. Yes, Eddie Hasten are making it very loud and clear. In big denial mode, they're talking to Danny Widler, nothing to do with anything. His idea of uh, what is a, a decent bet in mind may be very, very different in terms of how much he's throwing at the problem. Uh, Ray, I guess there's not a lot more we can add. As we said, the timing is terrible for the NRL. Who knows? Uh, the window apparently is months before we know what will or won't happen. Yeah, that's absolutely right, Tone. You know, I, I, you know my feelings on match fixing. I think it's got to involve a fair few people, and that is uh, fraught with danger. Uh, look, I, I trust that they're going to get right into the meat of this, and they're going to come up with an answer, a definitive answer that you know tells us there there isn't any such thing as match fixing going on in rugby league at the moment. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's it, it's going to take a hell of a lot of proving, even if there is. It's going to take a lot of proving. Still plenty to come on the Rush Hour. We're going to get you a sports update plus Rabbi's take on the shoulder charge. 
This Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Nicorette Quick Mist for fast craving relief. Use only as directed. Listen to the Rush Hour on Triple M. Huge game for the Wallabies this Saturday in Brisbane. They take on the Springboks, uh, South Africa. And of course, it comes off the back of a couple of drubbings at the hands of the All Blacks, who have been completely brilliant. Now, uh, one of the Wallabies, Samu Karevi, was asked Rabs yesterday. He was interviewed. And I, I do love listening to these players interviewed when they're trying to say something new and interesting. Uh, yeah. he, he was asked what they had learned from those drubbings at the hand of the All Blacks that may be able to help them take, you know, go forward. So it's just the lessons uh-huh. about playing, you know, the kings of the rugby game. Here is what Karevi had to say. They grow an extra leg when you play there. So for us, you know, um, we have to grow an extra leg and, and, and play well. But at the end of the day, you know, it's um, they've got two legs and we've got two legs. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if they've got two legs mm-hmm. and we've got two legs, yeah. where's the third leg come into it? The extra leg, I don't know. See, I think the – well, I'm not sure exactly where the third leg does come into it, Ravi. The spring <laughs> – no wonder the All Blacks have beaten us since 2002, all those years with that extra leg. I didn't realise – honestly, I, I don't watch a lot of rugby, but I, I'm aware of the fact that the Bledisloe Cup is a mm. – it's, it's almost got taboo written across it as far as we're concerned, the yep. ownership thereof. But yep. I didn't notice uh, McCaw, I didn't notice Carter, any of those people, Williams, mm-hmm. um, Thorne, I didn't notice them growing an extra <laughs> You're not watching close enough, right? No, that's, that's the point. I, I can't work out why they haven't got a third leg camera. Yeah, see, and I'm I don't talking know rugby, not cricket. Yeah, you know? indeed. Well, like a stump cam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a look on the third leg camera. Is there a third leg there? This is the rush hour on Triple M. This rush hour podcast brought to you by Nicorette Quick Mist for fast craving relief. Use only as directed. It's the rush hour on Triple M. Ray Warren and Tony Squires with you on this Wednesday evening. Very shortly, we'll talk that shoulder charge. You can already hear the Viking applause going around in Canberra after their man Jack Whiten was released. He is free to play this weekend. We'll get to the bottom of that. I think we'll go get Bill Harrigan to have a chat with us as well. That is next right now, though. Magic Glass, your premier glass replacement specialists. Magicglass.com.au Sports Update. Good news for the uh, for the Raiders. Not so good news for the Broncos fans. English international centre Jack Reed has announced his immediate retirement from the NRL with that chronic shoulder injury. Uh, he's been sidelined since round 13, having had multiple operations on both of his shoulders in recent seasons. Being a father rather than a football player was a no-brainer. They've been so supportive through it all, but uh, I, I knew in myself that I wouldn't be able to come back to the full extent to play at the level with the boys, so it was tough, but I knew it was best for me. To do it for as long as I have is... It's a massive thing. Obviously, everyone dreams of that fairy tale send-off. You play into your late 60s like Parky and uh, <laughs> you get your premierships. But um, it wasn't to be for me. He's been listening to Sam Thardy getting off a zappy zinger there on Corey Parker. Terrific. He's a good, yeah, he's a good kid, isn't he? Uh, I, I don't know him, you know, but he sounds like a good kid. He looks like a good kid and I wish him well in retirement. He... He got a cap playing for England, I think it was, in the World Cup. He did um, indeed. He did indeed. In Play- fact, it might have even been a, a, another test match that I can't... He played can't five test remember. matches. Five test matches for England. He got one game for the NRL All-Stars, of course, and he he, had to get, he was in yeah. last year's uh, grand final. 126 He's games. He's a tough bugger. He's yeah. a really tough bugger, really. Yeah. Yeah. Shoulder I, I like him. Yeah, they get you in the end, and they have done with uh, Jack Reed. All right, more positive news for the Broncos. Though. Cody Nicarima has re-signed with the club for a further two years. 
keeping him there until the end of the 2018 season. Now, in the cricket overnight, the Aussies set the highest ever team total in a T20 international, posting three for 263 against Sri Lanka. It's huge. Uh, Sri Lanka, of course, they were the previous owners of that record at six for 260. The record total was on, uh, on the back of a stunning batting performance from the big show, Glenn Maxwell. He was unbeaten on 145 from just 63 balls. That's second in uh, international T20s to teammate Aaron Finch at 156. Uh, let's look, it's been a dodgy old tour of Sri Lanka, Rabs, but at least there's some good news at the back end. Yeah, I suppose so. I was just thinking of 263. Mm-hmm. That, that'd that be a reasonable one day, wouldn't it? It'd be a reasonable total when yep. one day has basically uh, came upon us. Um, so what, they're doing it in 20 overs now instead of 50. It's ridiculous. Back in the old, like a 220 was okay when one day has first started. Then, that's, of course, 250. Yeah, yeah, it's just completely changed. Huge bats, as we know. All right, super sub Timmy Cahill. He's done it again. Climbs from the bench. Gets uh, Australia that stunning smash-and-grab success over the United Arab Emirates in their World Cup qualifier in Abu Dhabi. 37-degree heat. Uh, Kale's uh, second-half volley. His 48th goal for the Socceroos. That's 1-0 win and uh, maintaining Australia's winning record in this final qualifying phase. They are looking good for Russia. That sports update for you. All thanks to Magic Glass. This is the Rush Hour. You're listening to Triple M. This Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Nicorette Quick Mist for fast craving relief. Use only as directed. Rush Hour, Nicorette Quick Mist. Ray Warren and Tony Squires on a Wednesday when the shoulder charge is back, people. It is officially back on the table. Shoulder charge to your heart's content. Jack Whiten is allowed to shoulder charge this weekend. Uh, he, of course, was cleared to play in the finals, facing uh, that quite serious shoulder charge last night at the judiciary. But Ray Warren... He can play. What do you make of it? I don't know what to make of it, uh, Tony. Uh, I can only relay to you what I saw. And I was watching the match. I saw the incident. And I thought, my God, that looks a bit a bit awkward. That looks a bit dusty. Yep. And then the game come to a halt. And then they put him on a report. And then I watched it in slow motion. And I, I emphasise that because the number of commentators that say... Oh, it's only when you show something in slow motion that you're able to see it. So we should only watch things in real time. Yep. But the moment I saw what Whiten did in slow-mo, I thought to myself, what did he do wrong? So as far as I was concerned, I agreed with Ricky Stewart. Uh, Ricky was most confident. He thought it was probably the most defensible charge he's ever been associated with. And I agree with him entirely. Uh, so you ask me, that's my answer. Mick Ennis, obviously, he got off before. He was no case to answer uh, with his hit. My problem is there was a reason the shoulder charge was banned because it was it can go wrong, its margin for error is small, and the damage it can cause is great. If what we're, we're looking at here is an, the notion of some kind of separation, and we're going to get Bill Harrigan in here in just one second, some kind of separation from the uh, between the arm and the body when you go through. That seems to be, we saw those images frozen in newspaper pictures and on television screens. If that's all it is, there's still a shoulder charge ability. You can still essentially have the tackle. To my mind, I'm the opposite. I think both Mick Ennis and Jack Whiten did commit shoulder charges and, and should have paid a penalty. Let's get Bill Harrigan in because that's exactly where we want to go, that path of what is and what isn't. G'day, Bill. G'day, Tony. G'day, Raps. What, what, what do you think? What do you think is that went on last night? Good thing, bad thing? Well, I, I agree with you, Tony, that I thought both were shoulder charges. 
but also I have to agree with Rabs because the NRL have got their three tick boxes. If they didn't have that, and I think that's where they've painted themselves into that corner where they've got problems with this, whereas if they had have just said we have a shoulder charge and then put some parameters around it which covers a various um, differences in shoulder charges, whether the arm's cocked in a chicken wing, whether the arm's laying straight down against the body and you whack him in with the shoulder. I just think you, when we look at it, if we say, look, that looks like a shoulder charge, yep. then it's a shoulder charge. And I think both of those on the weekend were. I believe had Ennis been charged, there wouldn't have been all this hoo-ha about it and both probably would have been found guilty. Yeah, well, you know, we're all entitled to an opinion, but as far as I'm concerned, and you know me, Billy, all I can do is read the the data, the records, the regulations, the interpretations laid down by the league. They have over-interpreted it. They have over-described it. And, mate, there's not a court in this, in this planet that would find White and guilty of a shoulder charge if you go on the way they have defined shoulder charge. Yeah, agreed. And that's their problem. That's what they've done. That's right. Just because we all know there's different varieties of shoulder charge. Um, the big fellow, um, Sonny Bill Williams, used to have his arm down along his side and just go in the loop with the shoulder. He didn't have it cocked all the time, but it was still yeah. a shoulder charge. But under the current regulation of their three tick boxes, he'd get off every time as well. Yeah, but the issue yeah, there exactly, then is, exactly. are we going to have to change it? Is what, what is going to go now? Because if, if they're armed with this information, players, if they're then faced with uh, that dilemma, the, the game goes so quick, those, thing, those collisions are going to happen again. We're going to be faced with the same situation. Do we need then those three points? Does that need to change? Do we need to go down the rugby union path, God help us, where you, you must have arms wrapped around uh, when you're making a tackle? How do they solve the problem that they have created? Created. They do. They have to sit down now with somebody with a bit of nous and say, right, we have to rewrite this and cover it so that shoulder charges in a layman's terms are covered by these points and go bang, bang, bang. Not the way they've done it at the moment. If, if you go back in time to the Greg Inglis hit on Josh Dugan, yep. uh, Inglis probably wasn't guilty of a shoulder charge, but he was guilty, Bill, of attacking the head of an opposition player with the shoulder. There's a difference. If you go yeah, through the interpretation of what we're looking at now, there's a difference between attacking the head with the shoulder and a shoulder charge. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I agree with that because you can get them on nearly anything if you attack the head. That's right. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Which was an, an argument originally was when people who didn't want the shoulder charge banned was say that, well, you keep the shoulder charge, but if you hit the head, if it goes wrong, then you get punished severely, which still holds some water. But the problem goes back to you don't the margin for error is small. You don't want to have a tackle that can possibly cause serious damage to another player. It, it's Look, it's it's an absolute tough one. Bill Harrigan, uh, great to talk to you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Rabs. Remember, of course, Thanks, any, anytime we, uh, we talk NRL, we do it for Totally Workwear right here on the Rush Hour, Triple M. This Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Nicorette Quick Mist for fast craving relief. Use only as directed. Sports update. Yeah, let's start with some league news. Thanks to Bryden's lawyers. The Kiwis have named their initial train-on squad for the Four Nations with Sydney Roosters prop Jared Wairia Hargreaves back into the New Zealand fold, certainly in that initial squad anyway. Huge news there, Warrior Home. Yeah, they'll have to use him, won't they? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, he's been aching to play for New oh. Zealand again, and I'm, I'm, I'm so happy for him. Yeah, me too. He's only 27. He hasn't played since the, they uh, were thrashed by Australia. I think it was the final of the 2013 World Cup. Uh, there was eight other players that were uncapped have been named, but he is the big name. He's got to play. Great player. Former Sydney Roosters boss Bernie Gurr has been appointed as the man to take the Parramatta Eels into the future after the most tumultuous year in the club's history. Uh, Gurr will take charge as the club's new CEO from October after returning to Australia from the US on a three-year deal. That is good news for those Eels. That league news, thanks to Bryden's lawyers. And in tennis, Novak Djokovic has cruised into the semi-finals of the US Open. Forget this, the 10th consecutive year, well, defeating Joe Wilfred Songer after the Frenchman retired hurt early. That's the third person that has retired hurt for Novak Djokovic in this tournament. What sort of, what's he doing? Got a little Ouija board or something going on. The, the wind caps off an extremely easy run to the semi-finals. He had it was as I say, Jury uh, Vaselli withdrew. Saw forearm, forearm. Mikhail Yuzny. Uh, he also retired after six games with uh, strained hamstring. Strained, just amazing. So whoever's playing him next, obviously, will be in cotton wool for the next few weeks. All right, uh, this, uh, that, of course, all for Magic Glass. We'll come back. Ray Warren's final thoughts on the controversial shoulder charge. Next, the Rush Hour, Triple M. This Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Nicorette Quick Mist for fast craving relief. News only as directed. It's only natural that is Crowded House who will be reforming to play when they are inducted into the ARIA Hall of Fame. Uh, always great to hear and see those boys having a bit of a squawk. Just incredible. The, the, the broadness of your knowledge about, about all things, it's just amazing to me. Uh, can you say that again? That really makes me feel good about this time of the year. Well, it's already on the, the logger tape, so you can take it to whichever <laughs> employer you want to take it <laughs> no, to. That's right. But no, you, you sincerely, you amaze me with your talents. I mean... I watch you on the back page. I, I hear you comparing that NRL, NRL um, program of Saturday mm. afternoon when I'm driving home, and here you are now again, uh, exhibiting unbelievable values. You've got that on. I've recorded that, so I can use that as my phone's answering machine. Excellent. This is yes, the rush show. Of course, you're doing it. For Please Nick. don't pester me for a written <laughs> reference. Okay. <laughs> for Nicorette, Australia's number one quit smoking brand use only as directed. All right, uh, Rabs, we were. We'd, of course, talk about Jack White and uh, that sensational, uh, he was off his charge, the shoulder charge. You've got just a final thought on this. Yeah, I, I think you and I disagree. But but uh, to be honest with you, I've got no problem with the shoulder charge as yep. long as it doesn't hit the head. But yep. look, they've overdefined what constitutes a, a shoulder charge, uh, Tony. I, I'm wearing my bottom dentures for the first time so please forgive me but <laughs> I think no I have they're really? awful bloody things really yeah. but they've uh, overdefined bottom what dentures but still go on <laughs> <laughs> anyway please they, they've overdefined what constitutes a shoulder charge uh, so, so that's got to be addressed you heard me talk about that with Bill Harrigan yep. the penalty for a shoulder charge should be aligned in my opinion with the punch I asked the question what has been the most successful deterrent in the modern game, yeah, it's been the sin bin for the punch. I'll leave you with this. How many punches have you seen in the last two years? Zip, zero, donut, nothing. Absolutely. And if you want to eradicate something, the best men to police it are the coaches. You know why? They tell their players repeatedly, no punching, I can't play with 12 men against 13. 
So the notion then is that the penalty, if the shoulder charge comes in, is as a sin binning. That's the first I'm point of call. About, I'm talking about not only the shoulder charge. I'm talking about dangerous spear tackles. I'm talking about the cannonball tackle. Yep. If you really are serious about getting rid of it, have a look at the example, the penalty, the deterrent that we placed on the punch. Have a look at the success of that. And I'm not trying to clean the game up. I'm saying that the shoulder charge is okay as long as it doesn't go wrong. Then you've got to cop the absolute wrath of the game. But I am saying to you, one of the most brilliant deterrents we've got is the sin bin and we don't use it. Yeah, look, I think you're absolutely right because something has to be done because as it stands at the moment, I reckon the shoulder charge is back uh, for good or for bad. So something's going to need to happen in the off-season and that could be exactly that. Just a reminder, every time we talk for the NRL, we do it for Totally Workwear. They don't just do workwear. They also have a great range of hospitality gear. Find your local store at totallyworkwear.com.au. Ray Warren, as ever, thank you for your company and thank you for yours. We'll catch up next time. Bye-bye. This Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Nicorette Quick Mist for fast craving relief. Use only as directed.